Shane, could you say something? Hello. Okay, we're working. Great. Amy, how about you? Fuckity shit shit ass fuck. Yep, that's a keeper. <laughs> Is my audio okay? I'm in a different room than normal, so just wanted to check, make sure I'm not going to make editing shitty for you. No, it sounds better than Shane, so. Right. <laughs> it's always, always better than mine, so yeah. <laughs> Shane records in his bathroom from the toilet, so... I do not. Hey, I sit bathroom. in my front room. <laughs> Bathrooms awesome, uh, often have awesome acoustics, so... As long as you're not pooping. Uh, <laughs> no premises. Not yet, anyway. Alright, we're good. Shane, you got enough cigarettes ready? Um, I haven't rolled any, so... Uh -oh. Yeah, so you will get the pleasure of listening to me roll cigarettes. But I do have a new lighter. Really? Yes, listen. It's a it's a methane one. And oh. it's awesome because it's one click and it lights. That's cause for celebration. Yeah, and <laughs> also and not only that, it's it looks like a little butane gas tank bowl. Oh really? That's weird. Yeah, it's pretty cool actually. Well, what did you do with the old lighter? Did you retire it? <clears throat> it's sitting there in the disgust pile. The disgust pile. The, yeah, the pile of disgusting things that don't work for me anymore. <laughs> but you keep a pile. Mm. So I can sit there and mock them with my new lighter. This pile fascinates me, Shane. What else is in it? You don't want to know. <laughs> I could put Ziggy in there. Um, sure, sure. Yeah. I'm going to send Odie over. We'll throw him in the pile, too. Yeah, do it. He can just sit there and I'll mock him. Now he's laying on my pillow. Great. Dog ass on my pillow. Nice. Perks of being a pet owner. Yes, always. Look, where Ziggy is currently asleep on the bed, and I hope he remains there for the duration of this recording. Uh. All right. Is everybody ready? Yeah. Yep. That's the enthusiasm I've been looking for. Yeah, well, Amy's going to outsmart us all anyway, so <laughs> what's the fucking point in like having notes and shit? She's just going to just like, wreck us. Damn it. Oh, yeah. I, I deleted most of my notes when she agreed to come on. That's all right. I didn't even make any notes because I knew Amy was going to be on and she was going to outsmart every fucker. So to be IMDb. Fair, I didn't note Q or the other one. <laughs> well, well I was able to get back through. Was it? It's alive. Well, nice. if, it's, if it's any consolation, IMDb is my friend today. Excellent, Shane. Yeah. So you, there is a prep, some preparation on there. You have a IMDb window open. Yeah, it's open. I haven't done, typed anything in it yet. <laughs> like Gina Lynn. Okay, let's see where this goes. Yeah. Welcome to All You Need Is Blood, the UHM Horror Podcast, with your hosts, Ryan, Shane, and Mike.
Alright, let's get started. Hello everybody and welcome to All You Need Is Blood, the official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. This is episode 70, 70, and we're back after a hiatus, I guess you call it a longer hiatus. As we keep saying, we're going to get back into doing these on a regular basis, and we fucking never do. Mm-hmm. So, but I think the blame was passed around to everybody this time. <laughs> I think for one week after another, it was my fault, it was Mike's fault, it was Shane's fault. And then we just said, fuck it, let's do it. And Mike said, I can't do it. So, joining me this week, my co-host Shane Smith. Shane, how's everything going? Mm, all right. Not Excellent. Bad. And yeah. <laughs> and returning guest, the ever-intelligent and brilliant horror commentator, Amy Davis-Tobin. Amy, how are you? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, great, great. Wait, <laughs> it's, it's Saturday. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's it's 5, it's 5 p.m. somewhere. Well, it is for me. No, it is for you, yeah. Yeah. You're the only so, one. <laughs> yeah. Still noon on our end, and I am not wearing pants. Did we really need to know that? <laughs> I thought the audience would enjoy it. Yeah, there's like that scary visual place now. This just, yeah, okay. Anywho. All right, so let's see what we do here. Uh, we like to talk about horror movies. We like to talk shit to each other. Various other nonsense, including but not limited to music, movies, games, comics, whatever else happens to come up. Again, we're the official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. If you want to catch us on email, uh, send it to AllYouNeedIsBloodPod at gmail.com. Our Facebook group, All You Need Is Blood. Our Instagram account, All You Need Is Blood Podcast. And um, there's probably other places, too. If you're listening to us, it's probably on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, some other type of podcast, something or other. And just type in all you need is blood and hit subscribe and like and share and comment and whatever else people are supposed to do on the internet that I never tell them to do. Hit us up on MySpace and Friendster. Yes. Oh my God. I should make a MySpace account. That would be awesome. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Who the hell uses that? I don't know. I haven't been using it much. I did send out uh, my first tweet in probably like six months and it was to complain about the New York Giants drafting. I did say uh, that. Terrible players. That was quite funny. The world needs to know. Yes, yes. My anger. It's when I get something really angry, I'm like, that's it. I'm going to Twitter. Yeah. I think the last thing I tweeted was about uh, Reed Drummond, the, the pioneer woman. <laughs> because I fucking hate that lady. That was funny. I read what that. is everyone's beef with her like it seemed like everybody just started hating her all of a sudden it's like did she no, do something been, i will say i've been a long time hater of her i go way back i've hated her since the first time i saw her when she literally took a piece of turkey breast like sandwich deli meat put a piece of cheese on it squirted some ranch dressing in it and rolled it up and claimed it was a recipe oh. okay that's fair you eat that at 2 in the morning in front of the refrigerator with no one else awake in the house. That's when you eat that. You don't make that for someone. That's horrible. Yeah, no. I, I knew Blood Husband loved me when I ate bologna at a stoplight because I was very hungry and we had bologna <laughs> in the car. <laughs> stoplight bologna. Oh, that's classic. What is bologna? What's that? What is bologna? What do you mean, what is below? We don't have it over here. This is way too existential this early in the episode. Oh my god, Shane. Alright, let's see here. Um, okay, do you know what mortadella is? Uh, is that a mushroom? 
No. <laughs> that's an Italian meat. Oh, wait. Um, no. Portobello. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. There's a German word for it. What the hell is the German word for bologna? I don't know. It's a deli meat. It's, it's basically picture a hot dog that is uh, six inches in diameter and really long. And okay. totally flat, because deli meat. Yes. You cut it to slices. Oh, right, okay. Uh, it is delicious. Oh, God. All right. So what do we got going on? Shane, I'm going to start with you. Have you been uh, getting into anything recently? Any games or uh, movies or anything else? No games. Um, I have been watching... Actually, I'm going to talk about it on the podcast. Um, I watched uh, Black Summer. Oh, okay. On Netflix last week, I think it was. Um, and that was all right. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of music. Um, Icy Stars um, was a band I discovered only two weeks ago and then broke myself by buying all of their albums. Um what else have I been listening to? Uh, a band called The King's Pistol. I keep posting their links on my Facebook and Instagram. Uh, they re- recently released a new album called Evil Spirits. They are... I, only how I can describe them is kind of like, think Tex-Mex, like Mariachi. But listen, right. Tex-Mex, Mariachi, crossed with Nick Cave... And Johnny Cash, except slightly darker than Nick Cave. Um, And their songs are all about murder and darkness. And they're an acoustic band. They're they're basically, they're a three-piece. And they're actually really awesome. They've got some really cool stuff. Um, And, yeah, Evil Spirits, their third album, um came out a couple of weeks back. So huh. that was really cool. name again? Evil, uh, the King's Pistol. The King's Pistol. And when they, because they like to put out, they like to put all their stuff out on vinyl. Um, the last album, Evil Spirits, was the first one they released on CD. Um, so all the stuff is on vinyl and it's great. But the new one, they released on a blood, uh, blood red and black splatter vinyl. And it was limited edition to 50 copies. And I... <gasps> whoa. That was the cat. I was looking out the window. Oh. And the dog didn't like it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I was one of the very lucky ones to get one of the 50. So that was really cool. And, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, it was really funny because when they posted it on their Instagram and Facebook pages, one of the buyers was allegedly Quentin Tarantino. Ooh. So uh, maybe he's looking for new music for his next film. Yeah. It could be. Once Upon, once upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know, probably. I but, think that's the name of it. Yeah, something like that. Um, and... Yeah, what else have I been doing? Yeah, Black Summer. I watched Avengers Endgame last night. Don't say a word, Shane. I got my tickets. I'm not going to go tonight. No spoilers from me, but I will tell you it's an emotional roller coaster. Ooh. 
it's yeah well to the point where i actually ended up in tears so there you go oh my god yeah you are not the first person i heard that from no seriously man it was it's rough going but it's amazing it's just fucking awesome and oh the fight scenes so good um I'm going to try and get to see it again next week. They fight in it? Oh, great. Now it's spoiled. Thanks a lot, Shane. Everybody dies! Oh, yeah. Sorry. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That was the last film. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, seriously, it's fucking amazing. It's... I'm going to... I'm going to say... Um, for a movie that's three hours... It flows so well, and it doesn't seem like three hours. Hmm. But I will warn you now, take a piss, take a shit before you go in, because it doesn't let up. Um, and if your bladder is full and you have a bottle, piss in the bottle. Because, <laughs> because you know, I made the fucking mistake of actually having a drink two hours before the film and my bladder yeah. decided, yeah, by the way, Shane, you need to go for a piss now. And I missed three minutes of the film. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to stop drinking fluids at like five o'clock. I think that'll Just be a good, stop. good idea. Don't drink anything at all for the rest of the day. That's all I'm going <laughs> to say. Just don't do the mistake I did. <laughs> but, um, no, I loved it. I really did. Um, I thought it was an amazing film and it's a perfect, perfect end to the MCU. Oh my god! Yeah, awesome. So, how about you, Amy? Have you getting into anything recently? Uh, really, it's just I'm still doing 365 days of horror. So, I'm basically going through Roku, and any just random ass channel I pick, I'm trying to do as much as I haven't seen on that, and then mm -hmm. just kind of going from there. When it's obviously not a research watch, but um, that we. Broke down and got HBO now for car uh, for Game of Thrones, and we've oh, gone. Damn it! I haven't watched that either. I haven't watched any of that. <laughs> I live in a fucking spoiler-filled world. I hate it. Yeah, no, I can't go to like husband's actually at Endgame now. Like him and all the other guys are there because I can't go to theaters. So it's just like, okay, this is the one thing we can actually catch up on. We're getting HBO now. And because of that, I'm going back through Carnival because I haven't watched that in forever. So that's been pretty fun. Hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely have to get onto onto fucking Game of Thrones again. Like, I literally can't open Facebook anymore because it's everybody just posts fucking spoilers and memes and shit. And I'm like, God damn it, this is the worst it's ever been. Yeah, there's only I think one group I'm in that's like that, and I'm about ready to leave it because I'm like, guys, really? Stop that. Uh... Like at least I think it's it. because they had like a year off that that everyone's so amped up about it that they're like it's finally back and this is the end and I'll just spoil everything. Fuck everyone if you don't watch it the five seconds after it comes out. Yeah, exactly. That's annoying. Oh, the ice cream man's driving by. <laughs> it's getting louder. He's coming. Yeah, I know. We can hear it now. I can hear him. Does he do a ninety-nine? Do you know what a ninety-nine is? What's that, Shane? It's, um... Is it a sexual position? Yeah, for old people. Um, <laughs> no, it's... 99. <laughs> yeah, for geriatrics. <laughs> it's a, um... It's basically a wafer cone with a swirl of vanilla soft serve in the middle and a chocolate flake 
inserted into the top. Okay. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, because what I'm thinking about is when you get like a uh, ice cream cone, you put like vanilla ice cream in it and then dip it into chocolate. Oh yeah, yeah that's good. No, nah, that's yeah, they do that over here, but the ninety nine is the classic that's like it has a Cadbury's chocolate flake in the top. It's like literally they put the swirl of vanilla soft skirt soft serve in and then right in the top they just put a flake right in the center of it. Yeah, no, I've never seen that. No. Nope. Well we don't have Cadbury's, Shane, so uh, well, then we don't have to worry about HIV. Like you guys heard about that, right? No. What? Wait, is there Cadbury AIDS? What is this? There's, it's that stupid urban legend that's been going around for like decades. People have been saying like Pepsi and all these other places have been tainted by it. But supposedly some guy put his HIV tainted blood in the Cadbury. Like that oh. came out about a month ago. Oh, thanks for sending me all those Cadbury's, Shane. Well, when did this happen? <laughs> no one knows when it happens. It's a stupid uh, chain letter. It's completely BS. Uh, well, like I just covered it in the video on Thursday. Well, okay. If it's any consolation, then everybody who I've sent chocolate to now has HIV. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Including Jesus myself. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of Jesus, uh, speaking of research and all that, Amy, we should probably mention uh, your YouTube channel. I forgot to do it at the top of the show, but now is a better time than any. Why don't you give us a little rundown of your, of your channel? Uh, it is After Dark Analysis. I do YouTube videos, though I am expanding onto podcast platforms. And basically, it is horror movie analysis. And I've just recently, as of two days ago, brought back my series on urban legends and folklore. You know, on chain letters specifically. Cool. Yeah, everybody fucking hates channels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking things. I love that... Spam, e spam email of the 80s and 90s. Yeah. The thing... Oh, do you know what? I love that, that meme on Facebook where it's like, you send me a chain letter, this is where it comes to die. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, everybody, right. <laughs> yeah. It will not go no further than me. And I keep getting them. I have to keep telling people to stop sending me fucking chain letters. You know, the psychology behind them is interesting and why they develop is interesting. Just that Cadbury one was 90% me just explaining that's not how HIV works. Yeah. It's not right. The virus is long dead. <laughs> Actually, it's funny you should say that, Amy, because that reminds me of a story I heard a few years back about um, a group of burglars broke into a blood testing lab and um, they, they stole all this blood for some reason. I think there might have been like those vampires that you hear about, you know, who drink blood and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Just those people who have got like medical conditions where they have to drink blood for yeah. whatever reason. And um, they got into their car and one of them got out of the car and the car got stolen with all the stuff inside. And then basically what had happened was the people who, was, who stole it all saw these vials thinking, oh, cool, booze. And drank all this HIV infected blood. Get the fuck out uh, of here! Seriously, why? Why would a blood bank have a bunch of HIV infected blood? <laughs> I don't know. I have, I have yeah. a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, that's just fucking people for you, because you know there are no stupid questions, just stupid people. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> well, it was. 
I've got fucking idiots. Shane, what are you doing? Sorry, I was just moving my cup. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, let's see here. Alright, so what have I been doing? Um, I've been playing Minutes of Sekiro, a new game uh, that came out from From Software. Which, that's so difficult to say. Why would they name their company From Software? Um, and it's pretty good, it's really hard, but I've barely had any time to play it. So, it's about uh, samurai, ninjas, uh, ancient, um, semi-historical Japan, which is, I always think it's funny. Then there's, like, robots and stuff, and... And all kinds of crazy devices and magic. So, that's pretty good. Um, let's see. I also watched a show on Netflix, Love, Death, and Robots. Have you guys seen this? No, but I do have it in my queue. I've heard about yeah. it. Yeah. It is fucking crazy. I highly recommend it to anybody that likes animation. Um, like, any kind of animation. They, they, they it, It's short stories. Um, each episode, I think, is between, like, 10 and 20 minutes. And... You know, it's it. They just tell a random sci-fi horror comedy. Like, there's all kinds of stuff. Most of them are sci-fi related, and they'll have some type of robot or something in it, and it, all kinds of different animation, different animation studios, different animators, and each story is fucking great. So, so, so much violence and gore and nudity, full frontal like CGI Bush and like CGI Wangs. You're like, what is happening here? Um, Glad Netflix is pushing towards that. It seems because with episode, <laughs> I know, right? Well, with episode for family, they were going like really raunchy. Like they apparently sent the script back to him multiple times. Cause what was it? Uh, Bill Burr. Yeah. They're like, oh no, make it, make it more out there. Like make it raunchier. And then they kind of seemed like they were reeling back from that a little bit. And after Amazon cracking down, it's like, oh no, nobody's going to be in- uncensored and insane. But that's a good thing. <laughs> they yeah, be pushing yeah. it again. Yeah, so it is fucking awesome. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, so I'm going to use my the rest of my time uh, for what's going on to give away my awards for the 2018 superhero movie, Shane. I finally finished off what I believe is every superhero movie from 2018. Okay. And uh, I got some awards I want to give out. Right. All right, so here we go. Right off the top here. Uh, the most unlikable character the audience is supposed to give a shit about, that goes to Eddie Brock and Venom. Uh, I've never seen a character more despicable that I could care less if he lives or dies and is supposed to be the lead character in a movie. Okay. Um, most unpredictable studio, Sony. How the fuck could the same company that made Venom also make Into the Spider-Verse? Unbelievable that this is the same place. See, I've not watched Into the Spider-Verse yet. Holy shit. Well, that one's coming up later, Shane. I'll, I'll get into that towards the end here. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, oh, that's what some Superman is supposed to be like award goes to the death of Superman, an animated movie, which is really good and makes you realize just how bad the DC cinematic universe Superman has been. Um, who agreed to make this award goes to Batman Ninja, a CGI, um, anime, Batman story where Batman gets sent back to medieval Japan along with all his villains and he has to fight them. It is weird and terrible. Did I just have a stroke or did you? <laughs> <laughs> like, who the fuck was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Let's make that. Was it a good stroke or a bad stroke? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And we're back. A confusing yes. stroke is what it was. The pants are still off. <laughs> Oh, fuck. 
Uh, let's see here. The not nearly as good as the first award goes to Incredibles 2. Just did not cut it. Still haven't seen it yet. <sighs> yeah. I watched that with my niece, or at least most of it, and I was like, just, just, it's not as good as the first one. I don't know. They, I think they should have made it, like, 15 years later instead of being... Instead of starting right where the first one ended. Oh, right. Okay. Um, the I Can't Believe This Isn't Terrible Award goes to Aquaman. I was amazed it wasn't bad. It wasn't right. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Like, it's an Aquaman movie. And it was like, oh, all right. That's not terrible. This is the same studio that screwed up Batman and Superman. Come on. I still haven't watched that. Yeah, I was banned from watching that. Oof. All right, let's see what else I got here. Oh, the Was That Really in 2018 award goes to Black Panther. Seems like a million years ago that came out. Yeah. Um, it does, actually. <laughs> the movie that acts like it's still 2004 and superhero movies can, can get away with this type of shit goes to Venom, uh, a movie that should have come out in 2004 when they were supposed to be making it. Mm -hmm. Let's see here. <laughs> the okayest movie of the year. That's a tie. It goes to both Ant-Man and the Wasp and Black Panther. Both of them were okay. I liked both uh, of those. Yep. The Best Chin Award goes to Josh Brolin in Avengers Infinity War. Mm -hmm. um, let's see here. Uh, the Best Venom Movie Award goes to Upgrade. And the Worst Venom Movie Award goes to Venom. What's Upgrade? Upgrade is the movie where the guy has a... Uh, robot implanted in his brain and it, and it gives him the ability to walk and then he gets into like fights and stuff and he just lets the robot take over and it's this crazy kung fu insanity. It's directed by the guy, not James Wan, the other guy that made Saw. I can't remember All his right. name right now. Um, really, really good. Highly recommend it. But it's basically the plot to Venom only it's, you know, it's a robot instead of the suit. And it's better? Oh my god, it's a million times okay. better. Super gory, it's funny, it's awesome. Uh, just a great sci-fi movie. Uh, let's see here. The award for Best CGI Face goes to Michael Douglas in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And the, oh my god, that's not a CGI face, goes to Nicole Kidman in Aquaman. Yeah, right. Because she still looks fantastic in the end. I'm like, holy shit. I know, <laughs> yeah, right? Really unfair. Face. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Most believable casting. Josh Brolin as a time-traveling badass in Deadpool 2. Yeah. Most ridiculous casting. Uh, the girl that plays John Ralphio's sister on um, Parks and Rec playing a scientist in Venom. Yeah. yeah. Literally the worst. <laughs> uh, the award for the movie your racist relative did not see. Black Panther. Hmm. Uh, the award for most fun in a superhero movie, and I can't believe this, Teen Titans Go to the Movies. It's a kid's movie, and it is fucking great. I I laughed so hard during that movie. Um, the most references and tongue-in-cheek comments on the superhero genre award goes to Teen Titans Go to the Movie. I swear to God, it's better than Deadpool 2 in this aspect. The whole idea is that it's about the Teen Titans getting their own movie made, so it's referencing every movie out there. It it also has uh, my favorite cameo by Stan Lee ever in a movie. <clears throat> well, maybe maybe not ever. There's another one I want to get to later, but 
Um, he shows up, and they're like, oh my god, it's Stan Lee! And they go, wait a second, Stan Lee was in Marvel, not DC, and he goes, oh my god, I gotta get out of here before I get sued, and he runs away, I'm like, that's fucking awesome. Why would they put him in this? That is super cute. Oh, it's so good. Let's see, the worst hair award goes to Woody Harrelson in Venom. Uh, for the end, did you see that end scene in Venom, Shane? Mm-hmm. Where he shows up wearing the little orphan Annie wig? Yeah, that was kind of funny. Why wasn't he just bald? He always is. <laughs> He's always bald. I suppose, he had I, get, know. I suppose he had to get his pubes from somewhere. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, a close second place in that goes to Dolph Lundgren in Aquaman. Uh, also red hair that is unbelievable and doesn't look normal. Yeah. Uh, okay, here, let's see. Based on the concept, this movie should have been the most confusing movie, but it wasn't award. That goes to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse traveling dimensions and all kinds of the same characters showing up like it should have been way more confusing and it wasn't <laughs> most confusing movie of the year goes to batman ninja uh for reasons i described earlier the the award for this is a movie that actually came out how the fuck did i miss this goes to constantine city of demons shane it's an animated constantine movie hmm. and I didn't even know it came out. I, di I found it randomly because Amazon suggested I would like it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, how would I? How did I not know about this? And it says 2018 on the disc, so I'm counting it. Oh, okay. Let's see here. The worst superhero movie of 2018 goes to Venom, my most hated movie of the year. And the best superhero movie of the year, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Definitely go see it. Great animated movie. Great Spider-Man movie. Might be my favorite Spider-Man movie of all time. Hmm. And that's it, Shane. Okay. Those are my 2018 superhero movie awards. So let's get on to some horror shit, shall we? If you insist. There's one, there's one thing I wanted to, to discuss, and that is the new trailer that just came out for Child's Play. Not seen it yet. Oh, God. Amy, did you get a chance to watch this? Yeah, I watched uh, the two UHM had up this morning, just in case. <laughs> okay. Because I've been, um, I know Mike's been actively avoiding trailers. I realized I've been doing that for the past few years unintentionally. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So have you, what do you think about it? I have some questions, but Aubrey Plaza's in it, and I have a crush on her, so I'm probably going to give it a chance. Like, I've been pretty upfront about I was super mad that Annabelle wasn't a killer doll movie because I was hoping it would be closer to, like, Child's Play or something like that. I didn't take them like a Dolly Dearest. Yeah. So I'm happy for the resurgence of that. I'm just still a little, like, the concept's a little weird to me. It seems like it's supposed to be a hub to take care of all of your, like, heating and cooling and different stuff around your house. Like, basically, I'm giving you a smart home. But it's also a child's toy. I'm I'm not getting that. I I don't understand it either. Okay. Uh, why Why would you want a doll that connects to your Wi-Fi and talks to your refrigerator and like all kinds of other stuff? Somebody posted a good comment that this looks like a shitty remake of Lawnmower Man, and I'm like, yeah, that actually that makes more sense. This could be a Lawnmower Man more than it should be a child's play movie. Mm -hmm. I I seriously think this might be just based on the trailers. If it is as bad as it looks, and it looks real bad, this might be one of the worst remakes of all time. And that it's, it's amazing. I can't believe they made the movie like this. Like, how how difficult is it to screw up 
a killer doll. Like, it's a possessed doll. It goes around killing people. That's it. The work is already done for you. You don't have to do anything else. Exactly, and I'm already kind of... I'm not saying it's going to be like Texas Chainsaw 3D levels, but I'm definitely calling some issue with aging here. Because Andy looks like closer to the age he was in Part 2. But Aubrey Uh Plaza looks very young, so I'm like, did she have him when she was like 12? I'm, I'm not getting... How in the world she can be this kid's mother? Because the kid looks like a teenager. I mean, so I don't think I've seen Aubrey Plaza in anything other than Parks and Rec, um, uh, which I which I love her in. It, does she does she have like great acting chops, or is uh, you know her character on Parks and Rec pretty much her? I liked her in um. I know I've seen her a couple of things, but I remember distinctively she was in Life After Beth, and that was like okay. a horror comedy, but she was fine in it, like. She, oh, I've never, I, yeah, Life After Beth, I've, I've seen that. I think I bought it. Yeah, like, I've never been disappointed by her in anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, this is getting a hard pass for me. Unless somebody gives it to me for free, I am not watching this. Yeah, I'm cool. going to I'm gonna avoid that one as well. Yeah, I have to uh, wait for everything to come onto video, so it's yeah. like, I'll see it eventually, because I admit that to myself, just not enough for a while. <laughs> Speaking of video, fucking George uh, sent a um, put up a post on one of the the podcast feeds. um, And I don't know if you saw this shade. It was on UHM. And it's a link to a trailer called Velocipastor. (laughs) It's a movie about a priest that turns into a dinosaur, sort of like a werewolf. Okay. (laughs) It goes around killing people. It looks so bad, and I fucking hate him. Now I have to watch this movie. Was that the trailer that was posted in the thread about you guys on UHM? Yeah, yeah. He posted it up there. I'm like, what the fuck is this Velocipastor? Luckily, Shane, I haven't been able to find the movie yet. I don't know if it's actually been released. But if I get a copy, I'm definitely sending it to you. Oh, God, really? (laughs) Fuck's sakes, man. Velocipastor. Oh, fuck. You know what? All right. You know what? You can, right, half the movies you send me, I don't watch because basically it's, I know they're going to be fucking awful because that's your taste in movies. (laughs) (laughs) That's my taste in movies. But Listen, I will stand by my decisions. Uh, I have said for a long time, you can't know what's a good movie unless you've seen a bad movie. You have to have a calibration in there. Yeah, right, whatever. <laughs> How do you know what a 1 out of 10 is if you've never seen one? That's my point. I don't fucking need to, you know. I don't need to watch it. <laughs> oh, yeah, on this 365 Days of Horror, I've my list of unwatchable crap has gone from two movies to about five. Because three really? of you have made it that way. <laughs> like, just had to turn them off, couldn't finish them. I-, I sat through them all, but I would never do it again, nor would I tell anybody else to. Oh my God. That always reminds me, my brother Lloyd, bless him. Um, before before he passed away, he gave me a pile of DVDs, and one of them was a film called Kentucky Fried Zombies. Ooh. And I turned it off after twenty minutes, and then I berated him for it online and said, "How the fuck could you expect me to watch a piece of shit like that?" You know, I fucking I had I, I fucking really went for it. And he was like, 
but you watch The Walking Dead. And I'm like, yeah, but that's just turned into a fucking piece of shit. The Walking Dead. There's different tiers of shit. It's very nuanced. Ah, uh, right, okay. <laughs> Speaking of The Walking Dead, Netflix has been running. I know you, you mentioned that one show you had watched before about yeah. Black Summer, Shane. Yeah. Uh, they've got like three or four other zombie shows coming out. They have? What's what's going on with them? It's crazy. Ooh, I don't know. They're doing a remake of Dead Set, I heard, too. Yes, it's Spanish. Um, it's going to be a Spanish remake, which could be intriguing. Um, I might watch it. I might not. We'll see. But in my opinion, I don't think anything can ever beat Dead Set and how awesome that was. I saw... Yeah, I think that that's like a um, a time period thing, too. You know, it came out perfect time for to make fun of reality shows yeah definitely i mean it's 11 years yeah. it's 11 years old now and um i mean dead set is just when it came on it is kind of like a tour de force you know five episodes in your face zombie apocalypse everyone's stuck in a house not knowing what the fuck is going on and then all of a sudden spoiler alert um everyone dies and it's just fucking, it's just so in your face and full on. And Whoa. I can remember sending you your copy. And then you telling me. Oh, yeah, I guess I still got it. Yeah, and then you telling me that you can't believe that this got broadcast on British TV. Because it's just full on fucking gore. It really is. And it's like, it's that, that show has got more George Romero references at it in it than you can shake a fucking severed limb at. Seriously. I mean, I love that show. I might even watch it tonight because I've not even watched it for ages. Oh boy. So that'd be kind of cool, you know, but, um, yeah, I, I love that show. And actually I still take credit because it was me who alerted Mike Wilbur to dead set. Cause he'd never heard of it. And that was about a week or so before I actually joined UHM when I sent him the email. And I just said to him, I say, hey, check this out. Here's a trailer. Here's a link, you know. And then he tried to take credit for it. And I was like, oh, never you. <laughs> he did. Wait, did you, did you make him go on to UHM and, and credit you on the page that has no, the link to it? No, because I commented on it. I was like, yeah, all thanks to me, isn't it, Mike? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Because if it wasn't for me, no one in the UHM would have known about Dead Set. I will still say that. Good work, Shane. Thank you. Everyone's proud of you. Amy, have you seen Dead Set? Uh, No, that's been on my to-watch list forever, though. Yeah, it's good. I I don't know where it is. It might be on Amazon, I think, the last time I checked. Yeah, you can actually... Netflix for a bit, too. You can actually pick it up really, really cheap as well. But there's two versions of it. Um, you've got the episodic version, which me and Ryan own, and there's also the movie version where they cut out all the all the intermission segments and all the all the previously on segments as well. So it flows as a full movie. Okay, uh, is there a particular one you'd prefer over the other? Or? Um, get the episodic version because that okay. one is actually a lot rarer. I will send you a link um, once we're done to the original because you've got the original pressing and you've got the re-released version mm-hmm. and the original pressing i mean they've both got the special features on it i think but the special features on the original pressing 
are really in depth and they're really really good okay so i'll send you the link okay appreciate that and it is cool. it's well worth picking up so yes i'm telling people now in 2019 go forth and watch dead set because it's fucking awesome way better than the walking dead <laughs> shane have the, the filmmakers ever thanked you personally no they fucking haven't <laughs> i think you should get in contact with them charlie brooker i'm fucking on your case this is the man responsible for spreading dead set around the world. This is the man also responsible for creating Black Mirror. <laughs> no, you are? Shane, I didn't know you made that. No. Good, because I have a lot of questions on that series. Oh, Christ, I seriously? On. <laughs> oh, God. I still get comments weekly on that 15 Million Merits video. It's like that and the Sleepaway Camp video. <laughs> oh, the Sleepaway Camp one was classic. That was a great one. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how many people think right. me over it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend that movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a great slasher too, just on its own. Even if you take away any of the nonsense people like to talk about. <laughs> oh, so good. All right, let's get to our main topic, or at least one of the main topics we're going to talk about here. So a few weeks ago, the world lost a great filmmaker, one of my personal favorites, Larry Cohen. And uh, in his honor, I guess, wanted to go through uh, some of his movies and, you know, just give a little talk about him, see what we think. So Larry Cohen is, he, he's a very unique filmmaker in that he, no matter what he's doing, he, it's always tongue-in-cheek. He always injects a little bit of humor and a little bit of weirdness in all his movies, despite some of the more serious topics or, or even just like the genres he goes into, you don't expect to have that kind of nonsense. Uh, it doesn't go to like extremes like you'd see in like a Lloyd Kaufman movie. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's kind of understated. It's always, always quirky. Indeed. Yes. So, um, I don't know. I, I fucking love it. I, I, I just think he is, a lot of his movies... They always make me smile. They make me laugh. And there's always some really cool shit that's going on on it. So um, we'll start right off the bat. One of his more popular movies, It's Alive, 1974, written and directed by Cohen. Uh, it's probably his most famous movie. It spawned two sequels. And, um, yeah, it's a story of a couple that are having uh, their second child. Uh, it turns out to be a mutated killer baby. Uh, it's hinted that the mutation might have something to do with with lead or pollution or smog or some other human-caused issue or uh, birth control pills that some woman was taking. There's a whole you know, bunch of things they leave up in the air in this one. Um, the baby is horribly disfigured. It is super strong. It's fast. It's intelligent for a baby. Um, and it could kill when it's frightened, which is all the time because babies are always scared, I guess. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot going on in the movie, especially the character arc uh, of the father, played by John P. Ryan. He starts off as sort of like the average middle-class guy who wants his baby, and then he's ready to fight the police or whoever you know he thinks stole the baby. And then he finds out it's a mutant, and he wants to kill the kid. So it's, it's like this huge transition that he goes through. Um, and the special effects in it are, you know, they, they sort of take the Jaws method where they don't really show you what's going on a whole lot. But what I thought was interesting was when they do show shots of the baby, it was a full-grown adult inside a baby suit 
on a set designed to make everything look small. Like when they when they were shooting it, I'm like that's fucking crazy. There's <laughs> <laughs> a person in a rubber baby suit. Um, so yeah, the, the movie's got a little bit of his humor peeking through, not a whole lot. You know, they sort of play with it, and it, th- honestly, this one never really grabbed me and I was like oh my god this is the best you know this wasn't this isn't my favorite Cohen movie at all um Amy you watched this one recently right uh literally this morning <laughs> awesome so what do you think of it's alive yeah because um I got all the way through up until they had just gotten to the island for the third one so I got okay. pretty far into it um you mentioned birth control and I did pull stats on that real quick since this was 74 Birth control was created in the 19, uh, 1960, approved for married couples only in 65, and it wasn't legal for any woman to use it until 72. Hmm. So the concept of birth control was still super new and super controversial. So that causing deformities made sense. In three, they even make a reference to pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, yeah, they, they specified a little more in the sequels. But in this one, in the first one, if you just watch it as a standalone, they sort of leave it open. Yeah, and they, they said something about abortion. And that was, again, another hot button issue because it was even a whole big thing about it's a choice of convenience. And we decided to have the baby. There was radiation mentioned, which we were still doing nuclear tests in America at the time. We didn't stop that until, like, 92. So all these were legitimate concerns, and there's a lot of... With the talk of abortion, talk of birth control, there's definitely a lot of underlying choices about sexuality, choices about what we were starting to do, and if that was going to affect offspring down the line. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he he does like to put a lot of a lot of social commentary in all of his movies that I've watched. Every one of them has some some type of commentary he's trying to say on something whether, you know, whether it has to do with just the way humans are, live their lives or or the way we treat other people. Um and in this case, yeah, a lot of women's rights, um sexuality, pollution, like environmentalism, like all that sort of comes in in he, he's you know, putting in the forefront. And, and this is one of his earlier movies. I think he might have had one before it. Um, but this was kind of the movie that put him on the map. Yeah, because we also had the father who was all about killing the baby until he heard it cry and that paternal instinct took over. And he's like, okay, now, you know, trying to save it from the cops and all of that. So it, <laughs> th- there is this underlying message about parental love as well. It's not completely all politics, but there's definitely a lot of that in here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you made it through part two as well, right? How do you think two stacked up compared to one? Honestly, I know I have it listed on my letterbox that I've seen all three of them. I don't remember two and three nearly as much. But um, mm-hmm. two definitely, it was about on par for me. It's just a little less rememberable. It was yes. kind of the same story over again. Just now there were babies all over. And they, yeah. they found out this was an epidemic. They just don't know what's causing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were studying them, and they were trying to raise them, or not raise them, but whatever, keep the babies alive in a secured location. And, you know, the government and the cops were out trying to kill them. And I thought it was interesting that the in the second one, the, the lead cop in it... Um, is was a father of one of these babies and it killed his wife so now he's out for vengeance to kill all of them 
uh, which is which is pretty cool. I sort of like that a little bit. And at the very end of the first one, they mentioned another baby being born in Seattle. That's the cop that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So he sort of ties it all together in that. Excited, which is nice. He had to kill his own child for the betterment of everybody. Because a- anytime we have a killer kid movie, it's like mm-hmm. this is probably the youngest I've ever seen with killer kids since. <laughs> right, they're babies. <laughs> I mean, who can kill a child? Because like the one of those was in utero. So it's like you don't get any younger than that. Yeah, but you always have that moral like, when is it okay to kill somebody, specifically a child who has their whole, who theoretically has their whole life in front of them, and mm-hmm. kill off mm-hmm. that potential? There, there's a very high reptilian brain thing, and there's a reason so many people hate killing kids in horror movies. Yeah, Cohen sort of made a point of it in these. Like the kids are, are you know, are perceived to be the bad guys, um, you know, in the movies at least, at least by the cops and some of the other. Uh, people that are in it. Shane, have you seen any of the It's Alive films? I haven't, actually. It's, um, really? I'm surprised yeah. on that. No, it's just one of those films that, um, or one of those franchises that just never really caught my attention. You know, um, I mean... Killer baby thing doesn't do it for you? No, not at all. I just don't find anything like that interesting at all. It has nothing to do for your love of children, though, right? No, not at all. I don't know what you mean by that. Yeah. <laughs> so the third one I did want to talk a little bit about because I the third is my favorite of the series. And I know you said you didn't uh, make it all the way through the third one. But the third is the prime example of what I call my one of my favorite pairings in all of cinema. It's a Larry Cohen film starring Michael Moriarty. And the two of them, I, I think it's along the lines of, like, Kurt Russell and John Carpenter. Like, if you see a Kurt Russell, John Carpenter movie, you know it's going to be awesome. Or or even um, Tom Atkins, you know, in, like, a, uh, in a John Carpenter movie. Like, it's just going to work. It's going to be fucking perfect. Uh, and Larry Cohen and Michael Moriarty, they have this weird dynamic that they get into. And I don't know how much of it is scripted and how much of it is just Michael Moriarty, like, going out of his, you know, out of his gourd, but it fucking works on so many levels. I love it. Randomly breaking into song yeah, uh, in, in, in the middle of a boat. I'm like, what is happening with pe- pissing people off, sexually harassing this woman the entire time? I'm like, this is so weird. This is such a weird movie. Um, but yeah, the third one... The babies are now more grown. They're supposed to be a lo- like five years old when they're on the island, but they're like, I guess, teenagers. They apparently age really quickly. And they escape from the island that they're put on, and they're going around killing people, and it's fucking bizarre. It's the most bizarre one. It's the funniest one. Karen Black is in it, horse staple, of course. And I, I, it's it's so off the wall. Like I can't recommend that one enough. It's a, it's a real like sharp turn from the other two films. I think there's a, a lot more comedy in this one. Um, social commentary about fame and you know people who are famous and, and how we treat even people that with like that have I guess you'd say like a perceived you know disease or just different. You know they have that whole part where Michael Moriarty's trying to have sex with a, a hooker. <laughs> And she doesn't want to touch him because she found out that he's the father of one of the mutant babies. She was talking um, mad shit. She's like, you look like him, you look like him. And then finally she realizes <laughs> Sam and just, like, loses it. Yeah. Such a weird fucking movie. So great. Um, what I thought was really... So I don't know if you got to the ending on that. I'm, I'm just going to spoil it for you if you want to go back later. 
Yeah, but even even today, contemporary stuff. Um, how the mutant babies—well, not babies anymore—but you know how the mutants died in that film. Did you make it to that part? I just made it to the finish the boat trip, and they just got on the island. Okay, so the um, <laughs> the the mutants die of measles because they were never vaccinated. And I'm like, how is it still fucking something that we need to talk about in 2019? Like, that was the demise of the mutant babies because they never got vaccinated, so they got measles and died. I'm like, oh my god, that's fucking amazing. See the quote from Trump the other day? No, I did not. Trump is actually telling people, like, vaccinate your kids. Because really? of those outbreaks that are going on, I'm like, holy shit. Like, I'm not going to get too heavy to my political opinions or way I feel about him, but I'm just like... That's, I think, the most intelligent thing I've heard somebody say in a long time of just vaccinating yeah. damn kids. And that's surprising, too, because he was, like, sort of back and forth really sketchy on the vaccinations um, at first, at least when he was campaigning. Yeah, I heard some rumblings about Flat Earther as well. Oh, my God, do not even tell me that. Or like, something. <laughs> it might not have been Flat Earther specifically, but it was some kind of truther, because we already knew he was a truther about Obama. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Shane, but... you guys have the anti-vax movement there? Yeah, that's where it came from. It's Shane's fault, pretty much. Yeah, well, it's not my fault <laughs> personally. Thanks. <laughs> no, dead set is definitely Shane did that, but he did not do the anti-vaxxer movement. Okay. No. Yeah, we can't put that kind of evil on him. I mean, I'm pretty evil, but you know, it's. I'm but not... he he did do the AIDS-riddled Cadbury. So, <laughs> Shane, we're not gonna put mountains of dead babies on you. Just AIDS. Yeah, just. <laughs> Good AIDS or bad AIDS, you know, it's either way. Good AIDS. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, shit. Oh, God. Okay. Hey, how many, so how many listeners do we have? You know, it's like... How many listeners did we lose is the question. Yeah. <laughs> All right, how many listeners did we have? <laughs> I think it all started with the chocolate AIDS talk. Mm. That was... That was the downfall. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> so we can blame Amy for that, you know. We bring someone we bring someone highly intelligent onto the show, makes us look like a couple of retards, and then she's just ruined it all for us. Nice one, Amy. Cheers. <laughs> oh god. You know we love you, Amy. We, we Oh yes. We you know it's it's all in jest. I love you guys too, that's why I was warning you about the cat bay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh my god alright so let's get out of here let's get some more Cohen in um, so Amy you also watched uh, God Told Me To before right? yeah it was a while back but I remember snippets <laughs> yeah so that that's a weird movie too I mean that's another one that it's really fits sort of Larry Cohen's mindset in which there's like a series of horribly violent actions people killing themselves and murdering other people and the answer they give is god told me to and this is as you can obviously tell it's you know some commentary on religion and everything else um what'd you think of this one this one if i remember correctly it felt really giallo-esque my mm -hmm. okay because it, it felt like more along the lines of like new york ripper yes and there's that clear, and as you already said, it's a big commentary on religion. Uh, people are doing all these terrible things, and including suicide, which is on almost every religious doctrine of no-no. 
So you have them saying God told them to do something like kill or kill themselves that is completely against what the teachings of that particular religion is. So you have that kind of blind faith and how it can be really damaging along with that blind faith being led by a corruption because that's really the only way you kind of get from never do this to, okay, it's fine to do this is something corrupted. Yeah. And it's been a long time since I watched this, but it ended up not being actually God that was telling them to do things. If I remember right. Yeah. It wasn't like a frailty thing. Yeah. Oh my God. Frailty. So good. I know. Right. (laughs) Love that movie. Shane, have you seen Um, frailty? I've seen frailty. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's been a while. I need to watch that again, actually. Yeah, Bill Paxton. Yeah. It was such a good... Oh, yeah, I remember that being a really, really good film. Yeah, he directed that, too. Yeah? Yep. Oh, bless yeah, I, I don't know if that's his only directorial, but I think that was his directorial debut. Right, okay. I know he directed a few episodes of that TV show he was in before he passed away. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but... um. Don't ask me what they were off the top of my head right now. Yeah, so, so uh, God Told Me To was good. It's weird. Uh, it's been a long time since I've actually seen it. I probably should have rewatched it for this, but that's one that sort of snuck by me. I had some other targets on my list I wanted to get to. Um, so I did not get that one. Uh, Cue the Winged Serpent is maybe my favorite Larry Cohen movie. And this one is another Michael Moriarty, Larry Cohen. And it's him, and it's David Carradine... Excuse me, and the, and the interaction between Carradine and Moriarty is so good. There's one scene I love in particular when there's basically there's a giant killer serpent that is the uh, reincarnation or embodiment of a uh, Aztec god, Quetzalcoatl, and it's flying around New York and it's killing people. It's also claymation and it's fucking awesome. And uh, Moriarty knows where the thing lives. Uh, spoiler, it's the top of the Chrysler building. And he knows there's an egg and everything. And he's um, he, he plays a really sketchy guy, which is something that Moriarty does great. And he's trying to, like, sleaze his way into becoming rich and famous and never having to pay taxes and, like, getting the mayor to pay him millions of dollars and stuff. Uh, just to, to see, you know, to tell where this thing is. And uh, David Carradine plays a cop who's like, come on, man, don't be a real, don't be an asshole making people go through this. And he's like, Moriarty's like, why not? It's my time. Like, I love his accent. I love his fucking over, over, like, extending himself. So his voice starts to crack and he, like, loses it. I don't know. This movie is just fan-fucking-tastic. The special effects are great if you're a Claymation fan. Uh, I know it's not uh, Harryhausen, but it looks like it. Like, it looks like that old-school, amazing claymation. Um, either of you guys seen Q? I many, saw many, many, many years ago. Yep. Amy, you said you saw it? Uh, on Last Drive-In pretty recently, yeah. Cause nice. Did it oh, he did it on Last Drive-In? on Last Drive-In. He said there were two Larry Cohen films, and that was one of them. Nice. We don't know the other one yet? I... Can't remember if it's aired yet or not. Okay, all right. This is a little side talk. Do you know what he's doing? It scares the care. Is he doing a last drive-in thing? Yeah, he's doing Redneck Save the World. Oh, cool! They actually, um, they have reworked the times for the celebrity room and vendor room. That everything's closing early 
so people can go see the talk if they want to. Okay, because I'm definitely going to that. I already got my tickets. Yeah, and it um got confirmed Darcy is going to be there too. Sweet. Yeah, it was when they announced. It, I was kind of secretly hoping she would be there, and then when I got announced, I got very excited. <laughs> We're talking about Joe Bob Briggs, by the way. Um, he's going to be at the Scares of Care convention, and he's going to be doing a show while he's there, and it's going to be fucking sweet, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, apparently, um, Gettysburg, which is like not even like 20, 30 minutes from us. He's doing another talk there at Creature Feature, which we didn't even know there was con going on there, because that's Gettysburg used to be where Horror Find was. I was going to say, I, I went to that. I went to Horror Find once um, in Gettysburg. I think Bruce Campbell was there one time. And George Romero. I remember that. Yeah, we weren't there the Bruce Campbell or Romero years. We were there the last couple of years yeah. it ran, because the, there was death in the family, and it, it just became a mess. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, um, I'm excited to say that should be good. Yeah. So, yeah, cue the winged serpent. What did you think of the movie itself? Andy? Oh, okay. I was, like, making sure I didn't talk over anyway. Um, I I typically don't dig creature features, but I really do enjoy that one. You made the Harryhausen reference, which, again, I agree with. It absolutely looked like Ray Harryhausen. And the beginning of um, It's Alive 3 when they showed the mm-hmm. baby and the thing looked very Harry ass. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. You're right. You know, it was like the courtroom drama bit. It's kind of strange to me that it kept almost, it seemed like it was going around decapitating people almost. Like people just kept kind of losing their heads. It's like, how does such a big thing kind of position that way? But it was a really cool effect. Yeah. I like that. There's a gigantic, like, lizard you know a, a gigantic snake winged snake monster that's like killing people in new york and like people haven't seen it like look up <laughs> you wouldn't think that would be that hard to track but apparently it was and yeah. when the guy kept demanding more and more to show where the nest was <laughs> <laughs> i don't like when he leads the mob bosses up there oh man and just he's like oh, it's right up there fellas <laughs> i do always kind of like that in films where it's the guy that's not necessarily the good guy, but it's normally the good guy. It's like, well, this thing's killing people. Let me just bring it bad guys. Like, we saw that in Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I, I, this is, I think this is my favorite Cohen film. Um, it, it, there's so much going on. There's, like, a serial killer going around skinning people as well. And I guess that's... Either that resurrected the the monster or it adds to its power. I don't know. I, I, I don't really know. There's a great police shootout that's all um, stop-motion animation. There's, like, so many crazy special effects going on. This is I, this is definitely his... I don't. It may not be his best special effects movie, but it's my favorite because, you know, it takes me back to, like, when I was little watching Ray Harryhausen movies and there's so much, like, craziness going on just with Moriarty and the characters... Um, it's it's a great one. This one I recommend to like everybody. If you could get a chance to see it, cue the winged serpent. I'm sure it's on some streaming thing somewhere. It's on Shutter. Yeah. Oh, it's on Shutter. Great. Yeah, it's on Shutter because yeah, it's so the last drive-in. Yeah. Obviously, last drive-in. <laughs> Makes sense. So yeah, it's fucking awesome. You ever seen Q Shane? Or you said you saw it a long time. Yeah, ago, I did. Right? Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. Probably yeah. about thirty years ago, I think. I would have been quite young. Oh yeah, yeah. So I don't really have much much memory of it, if you see what I mean. But yeah, I, I have definitely seen it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and, and I mean, if you saw it that long ago, you, you were probably like thirty or forty at the time. Um, 
<coughs> but if you if you saw it when you were a little kid, I was fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> you cheeky cunt. <laughs> 14's the new 30, uh, right? What's that? 14's the new 30, right? Screw you, yeah, sure. I'm fucking off. Right, that's it. Done. <laughs> I'm fucking off. <laughs> Wait, Shane, we're getting to your movie next. Oh no, Shane, don't go. We can change. <laughs> You'll never change. Actually, I'm going for a piss. Um, I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, Shane. All right, let's see here. Um, let me get into some of my the other stuff that I had on here. Um... He did a, a film called Perfect Strangers, and I actually tried to buy a copy of this, and they instead sent me a copy of some other movie. Um, who the hell was in it? Like, oh shit, I left the DVD in the other room. It wasn't The Perfect Strangers I was trying to get, but it also wasn't the 1980s sitcom, so I don't know. I don't know what happened. I guess there's a lot of these movies named that. Yeah, no, like, it gets really confusing. Like yeah. horror and thing or the thing, so many things called thing. Oh right, thing. There's things. There's another movie called Things. There's like the thing. Yeah, it's it gets nuts when you're talking about that. Um, so I did not get to see this, but it sounds interesting. Uh, it's about a hitman tries to seduce the mother of a child who witnessed his most recent kill. Like what the fuck? Fucking very funny. Sounds like Shane's finishing up. Let's all listen to see if he washes his hands. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all just judge Shane. Oh, I think he did. I think he did. Um, wow. I'm back. <laughs> okay, Shane. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we're just listening to you piss. That's okay. Oh, cool. Oh, it was loud enough then. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! All right. So, what do we? What else we got on this list here? Uh, let's go into the stuff. Shane, you saw the stuff. <laughs> Uh, recently, of course, right? yeah. Let's, uh, Why don't you tell us about the stuff a little bit? I know we've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's always worth bringing up. Yeah, just a quick update. It's a delicious mystery goo that oozes from the earth and is marketed... <laughs> yeah, shady or what? <laughs> Somebody just yeah. scoops off the ground and puts in their fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the best hey, part. This That's is my tasty. favorite it's scene gonna, of the whole movie. It, this is tasty. Is uh, No way this is going to affect my health in any way, you know. Yeah. Um, it's a delicious mystery goo that oozes from the earth and is marketed as the newest dessert sensation. But the tasty treat rots more than teeth when zombie-like snackers who only want to consume more of the strange substance at any cost begin infesting the world. Well, not not quite the world, but a small town in somewhere in middle America. Um, but yeah, I mean, this movie, again, has Michael Moriarty in it and... Um, Garrett Morris, Paul Savino, he's in it. Oh, I forgot about him. Um, mm-hmm. That's what's it? What's her name? Mira, Mi- Mina Savino. Mira Savino. That's the one. Yeah, because that's obviously his daughter. Um, but it, it, I mean, it cracks me up because on the description here it says the plot keywords are ice cream, mutation, parasite, army, and dynamite. So, um, <laughs> that does it a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you, yeah, you don't need anything else. Yeah, go watch this film because it's crazy as fuck. But yeah, it's basically a mutant ice cream, for want of a better word. People eat it, they go crazy, they start eating more ice cream. Um, it's just 
weird. And <laughs> yeah, I can always remember watching it years ago thinking, okay, this is just weird. But then watching it again, I was like, yeah, this is still just as weird. But um, it's an entertaining romp, so to speak. Um, I wouldn't really say there was any gore in it. You know, there's not not really. Uh, the, you know, that once that chocolate chip Charlie scene's pretty creepy. Yeah, it's creepy, but it's not really gory, is it? I mean, unless you were to change, like, the stuff for blood, I wouldn't really say it was gory. I mean, um, boat movies are kind of inherently like. Well, you might not see much. It's always kind of perceived as gory yeah. just because it's, it is just everything melting away. It's something like, I wouldn't call street trash gory, but no. a lot of people consider oh it God, that because melt. Yeah. All right, did you see the dick tossing scene? Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the dick tossing scene. You forgot about the 10 minute scene where they're tossing a cock around a junkyard. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sometimes everybody just tosses a cock around a junkyard. Like, I refuse <laughs> to be judged on that. Oh, God. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's uh, the special effects in this are great, though. The classic 80s special effects. They did the. Um, they actually took the Nightmare on Elm Street room that turns upside down. Yeah. Uh, to film the stuff like pouring and dumping and doing all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, there's stop motion in it. There's like some blue screen stuff going on. And um, yeah, I don't know. Just classic. The practical special effects, like we like uh, you mentioned, the uh, chocolate chip Charlie scene where he's getting all stretched out and sort of fucking melting around and getting weird. Uh, that's a pretty good effect in that too. Yeah. I think the only effect that didn't really hold up in that film because I watched it recently. I think I've got I think I've got it on blue. Is where they kind of are looking inside the truck that's filled with the stuff. Like that effect didn't hold, but everything else held up pretty well over the years. Yeah. Yeah. One thing. One thing I've mentioned before, but I absolutely love is when they the i don't even know what you'd call it i guess you'd call it the heads of dessert companies or something like the head of the ice cream company and the cookie company and like all these people get together to hire michael moriarty as like a private investigator so that they can you know do, do like industrial espionage and get all the information on the stuff because it's putting them out of business like i just like to think that there's like this evil uh, candy corporate room, you know, where they, where they all get together to, like, you know, run profits and do mysterious things, and it all revolves around desserts. Yeah, and they had to hire Mo. Because every time you give yeah, him money, right. he always wants Mo. <laughs> Mo. <clears throat> that and oh, the fuck. I just ate shaving cream scene, like, no matter how many times I see it, I will always die laughing at that scene. <laughs> Just this very out of the blue scream. Oh, I just ate shaving cream. We all eat shaving cream sometimes. Oh god, that's yeah. just comedy gold. Yeah, the stuff's a great one. I love it. Another great movie. Um, he did another film called Special Effects, which I actually did get a copy of, but I did not get a chance to watch it. Um, it sounds really interesting because it's about a director that makes a movie. Uh, based on a murder that he committed. Uh, so that just sounds fucking cool. Yeah, it does. So I'm going to check that out. Just haven't gotten a chance to get to watch it yet. Um, Let's see, what else do I got listed on here? Oh, a return to Salem's Lot. Oh, for fuck's sakes. 
come on, Shane. This one is fucking crazy. <laughs> Baby, it's not fucking crazy. It's fucking shit. <laughs> no, never. How dare you, sir? I dare. How dare you? I fucking dare. <laughs> <laughs> this is another Michael Moriarty with Larry Cohen. And he moves to Salem's Lot with his son and starts finding out that the locals are a little bit odd. A little bit odd, yeah. <laughs> so he basically moves to a vampire community, and it is fucking so weird, like, the tonal difference between the Salem's Lot uh, TV movie... Who did that? Toby Hooper? Yeah, it was. Um, comparing that to this return to Salem's Lot, like... How did they make this, and why did they make it, is basically the question I'd want to know. Um, it, it almost, like, they, they shouldn't have even named it, I guess they named it Salem's Lot to get, you know... Get attention. The, uh, yeah, the attention of it, but it basically has nothing to do with Salem's Lot, other than that's where it takes place. It's not, like, the same movie or anything. But looking at this, I'm just looking at the IMDb now, did you know Tara Reed is in this? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. I didn't know that until I just saw it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's another one. This one's full of humor. It's kooky. It's weird. Um, and there's all kinds of crazy antics with the uh, the vampires and uh, Michael Moriarty and his kid going on in this movie. Have you seen Return to Salem's Lot, Amy? If I have, I don't remember it. But I've watched a lot of crappy sequels, so I don't rule it out. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, I just closed my notes. Fuck. That was a mistake. Oh, yeah. Got it. Back in business. Um, yeah, it's it's one to check out. Uh, if you really love Salem's Lot, don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my recommendation. Because it's not a fucking, you know, it's not a normal one. Um, this next movie, I really wanted to see this, and I... And, I tried to get a copy, but it did not ship. Uh, this is Deadly Illusion. Uh, in this movie, Billy D. Williams plays a private dick named Hamburger, and he's framed for murder. I don't know that I need to tell you anymore. I'm sold already. You had me like, Billy D. Dick. Williams. Yeah, <laughs> private dick, Hamburger. <laughs> he's sold. I'm like, let's go. I'm ready. Sign me up. Um... Uh, one I did pick up, and I, I was uh, really glad that I got it, is a 1990 movie called The Ambulance. Have either of you guys seen or heard of this? No. Okay, it stars Eric Roberts, uh, Julia Roberts' less famous uh, brother. Uh, also stars James Earl Jones, Darth Vader himself. And in a speaking multiple-line role, Stan Lee. What? What? Stan Lee from Marvel Comics plays, get this, Stan Lee from Marvel Comics. <laughs> <laughs> well, fucking hell. <laughs> so Eric Roberts, is, uh, he, he, he's a, uh, an artist that works at Marvel Comics. And Stan Lee is there, and they have, like, multiple heart-to-heart -heart discussions. And I'm like, why the fuck would you put Stan Lee in this movie? I guess just because you could. Um, it's so fucking crazy. This movie is out of control. 
And Eric Roberts has maybe one of the world's greatest all-time mullets. It is a 9.5, maybe a 10 out of 10 mullet. This thing is fucking beautiful, man. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. He spends the entire movie wearing these crazy, like, almost MC Hammer pants. Like, they're the big baggy pants people wore in the 90s. But he wears it, like, just totally casual. Like, no, this is, what, this is how we dress. Um, well, it was the 90s. Yeah, it was the 90s, late 80s, early 90s. So Eric Roberts uh, goes around. He tries to creep on a girl, uh, Janine Turner, uh, who the only thing I know her in was Cliffhanger. Um, (laughs) He tries to creep on this girl. She has like uh, some type of medical issue and an ambulance comes and picks her up. And then Eric Roberts tries to go find her. He goes to every New York City hospital, calls a lot of them, tries to go, you know, find where she was taken, and he can't find her. So he consults Stanley, uh, and Stanley tells him to basically stop being such a creep. Which, that doesn't deter him. He's Eric Roberts. He will creep if he's going to creep. The movie's really weird. Uh, it has gang violence. It has casually thrown around homophobic slurs. I guess it was the early 90s, if that's an excuse at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's jokes about old comic strips, a running gag that revolves around gum, um, crazy behavior, medical experimentation, piss used as a weapon, uh, and of course the late 80s clothing. And some completely insane Cohen moments that just have to be seen to be believed. Uh, this one's not exactly horror. It sort of like rides that horror thriller line. You know, it's, there's he's trying to find the girl. There's a mystery and there's an ambulance that's taking people and maybe killing them. We don't know. And they're going back and forth. Um, the only downside of this movie, I'll say, is that Eric Roberts isn't Michael Moriarty. And it's one of those things, like, you know how uh, in uh, in Prince of Darkness, uh, the lead character in that isn't Tom Atkins? Yeah. But it really should be? Yeah. That's how I feel. That's how I feel about this movie. The craziness, the weird dialogue, like, it's not Michael Moriarty, but I feel like it really should be. Yeah, but Ryan, you got to remember, man, Tom Atkins was probably really busy doing something else. That's probably why he couldn't do Prince of Darkness. I, I think that probably at the time he was probably in, like, Lethal Weapon or some dumb movie. He should have done Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness came out in 85. I think the first... When well, was Lethal Weapon? 86. Damn it. So he wasn't doing anything. None. He lied. Bastard. He lied. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the ambulance is fucking crazy. It's weird. James Earl Jones is in half the movie. And, like I said, he's got this ongoing gag where he's chewing gum and he's screaming at one of the female cops that works in his precinct. I don't understand it. It's a fucking super weird performance. Um, but it's also interesting seeing him, you know, in uh, in a regular role where he's not playing, like, some, I don't know, stoic, you know, the, the Lion King or Darth Vader or something like that. Like, you know, he's just, it's just actor James Earl Jones is in here and he's in a weird Larry Cohen movie um what I thought was most interesting is that there's like references to some of his other movies like sneaked in in this and also this movie gets referenced later on in his Masters of Horror episode which I was like holy shit I'm so glad I watched that movie now So, uh, speaking of that did either of you guys see the Masters of Horror uh, pick me up that he did 
None. I saw it, but a while ago. Yeah, I just watched it last night as a refresher, and again, this is this is this isn't his last film, um, but this was his last sort of horror director thing that he did. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Masters of Horror series, it was around 2005, 2006, somewhere around there. And uh, basically they gave great horror directors, just make whatever you want, here's a budget. And uh, they would make these short horror films. And some of them are great, some of them are okay, some of them are terrible. Uh, this one I think is a, a really good one because Larry Cohen leans into it. He does what he normally does best. Uh, crazy dialogue, weird situations. Michael Moriarty's in it, and uh, it's basically about two serial killers that are dispatching this people that were in a, a broken down bus, and they start like competing with each other almost. Um, Moriarty plays like an old trucker, and then I forget who the young kid was, but there's a uh, there's the young serial killer kid. Uh, let me see if I can look up his name real quick. Uh, Warren Cole. I don't know who that is. Let's see if he's done anything. Yeah. Uh, he looks like a TV guy. And a lot of cop shows. <laughs> he's in 24 as Brian Gedge, whoever that is. Uh, Brian, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it also has uh, Feruza Balk in it. Uh, anybody from the 90s knows her from The Craft or probably a shitload of other movies I can't think of right she's, now. Um, she's, uh, she's an artist. Waterboy. Yeah. She's an artist now. Is she? Yeah. She does a lot of art, a lot of paintings and stuff. Some of her work is really cool. Huh. That's interesting. I follow her on um, in, on Twitter. And she posts a lot of stuff on there. It's really not... Some of her stuff is really nice. Quite um, floral. But um, a lot of it is quite dark as well. Hmm. So it's really cool. Yeah, so she's pretty good. Um, and, and like I said, this is it's a short. It's not long. It's an hour long, and you know it's a fun little slasher jaunt. Uh, it's nice to see Larry Cohen, you know, go back into his horror roots. I guess you'd say, uh, but still keep some of his weird dialogue and behavior. Um, so yeah, that's that's about it. You guys have anything else you want to say about Cohen? No, not really. It's as much as we, because you and I did that entire series on the influence of trash. While you're talking about the last two things, I couldn't help but realize Ambulance bore a really striking resemblance, or I guess this bore a really striking resemblance to Ambulance. It was Abandoned from 2010. It was one of Brittany Murphy's last mm -hmm. movies. And Pick Me Up sounds a lot like there was a very short-lived show on VH1. I think it got like a cut. I think it was meant to be a miniseries called Strange Frequency, where they had basically the same premise of two serial killers kind of running into each other and then competing. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think Cohen wrote that uh, story. It was a short story. Oh, boy. I just closed the thing and I didn't see um, what he had in it. Uh, but it was it was written by, I think, maybe one of the producers on the show or something um, as, as a short story, you know. Oh, okay. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe that... Uh, you know, maybe that got um, uh, picked up by somebody else. I have no idea. Because Abandoned, it was the um, guy and the girl were actually dating, and the guy goes missing after he goes to a hospital, and he's supposed to have surgery, but they're prying for all this information. She's realizing she's been dating this guy for months, but doesn't know 
I think she didn't know his last name. She had never spoken to his parents, didn't know who they were. It was a lot of stuff that I guess at the time made sense to her for not knowing, but when questioned about it, it really looked bad. So huh. It's a big, like, when did, you know, how did this guy disappear? I know I brought it up on UHM and said, like, it was a good idea. It wasn't a bad movie, just Brittany Murphy. It really wasn't surprised she died. It wasn't surprising she died soon after. Because she just... Really? She looked rough. And she... I never had a problem with Brittany Murphy as an actress. But this one, it seemed like she was struggling a lot more. Hmm. Like, there were a couple of times it just felt like she was reaching for a line. And I normally didn't see that a whole lot with her. So. Wow. It could just be me putting it in there because, you know, she died after the fact. But Mm -hmm. she just didn't look like she normally did to me. Yeah, I can't remember. I'm trying to. I know I've seen her in other films. I can't remember any of her later stuff. Um, I guess maybe I just didn't seek it out. So I don't know. Yeah, this was just a random thing I came across on one of the streaming platforms, and it wasn't a bad movie. It was just. It's very close to what you were describing. Yep. Okay. So the guy that wrote this, David J. Shaw, he also wrote Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three, Critters Three, Critters Four. He did the screenplay for The Crow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. What else we got? A couple Outer Limits, Perversions of Science. He wrote... Oh, God. He wrote Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning, which was okay. Yeah, no. Uh, He did the teleplay for The Hills Run Red. I like that. That was pretty good. And uh, just a few other things. So, eh. I don't know. I don't see that other thing, other one on there. Maybe it's just a coincidence. You know how it goes. Oh yeah. People write two of the same things comes comes out at the same time. A bug's life and ants. <laughs> the others in six cents. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. Well, that, that had some space between it, didn't it? A couple of years, but I think it was the others. Technically, was made before Six Sense, but it just didn't get released for some reason. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's the story I've heard. I'm not 100% sure if it's true or not. (laughs) Interesting. Cool. So anything else you guys want to talk about, Shane? I know you had uh, something you were watching you wanted to talk about, right? Yeah, Black Summer. Um, Black Summer, that's what it was. Yeah. Netflix Netflix series. um, It came out fairly recently, and there's obviously there was a lot of talk about it. A lot of people were enjoying it. Um, It's basically, it's the premise of the whole thing. It's a zombie apocalypse. And um, it starts off right in the thick of it. You know, first episode starts off in the thick, and it's like it's all going off. The army are there; they're basically taking, um, they're evacuating in this small town. And basically, there's a mother who's searching for her daughter. Um, they start off together, but she gets taken off by the army, and the mother gets left um, with her husband, who's been bitten, but he's been trying to hide it, kind of thing. So typical anti-vaxer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah basically it's uh, it kind of revolves around her it starts off with her but um her trying to survive this zombie outbreak and trying to find places to like hide and um what it does the series itself it basically focuses on certain characters and they all meet up together in one way or another sort of thing so it's kind of it's a bit drawn out but when you get into it, it actually is one of those shows where you can sit there and it makes sense where when they all converge together and, you know, all kinds of shit happens. Um, 
I mean, you get gun heists. There's obviously murder as well, and then you see all these characters in the in the in the show that um, you think, oh yeah, you know, I hope they make it. You kind of get your hopes up for them, and they don't. They don't make it, and you're like, ah, okay. And um, it's it's one of those one of those TV shows where you can you watch it, you watch an episode, and I didn't think I'd get sucked into it. I thought, oh, this is a little bit boring, a little bit slow, but then it picks up. And each episode picks up towards the end, so you kind of get amped up for the next episode. And um, I quite enjoyed this. Um, the The last episode I thought was a little bit anticlimactic, but then again, I believe they are going to be doing a season two of it sometime soon. Um, hopefully, it will pick up where this one left off. But I mean, the show itself, it was. Um, Created by John John Hyams and Carl Schaefer, um, who are also responsible for doing Z Nation. Um, and this this Black Summer actually serves as a prequel to Z Nation. It's set in the same universe. Oh. And this is a lot more serious, and you know, there's no there's no comedy aspects to it at all. It's very straightforward, serious. I mean, there's like, some great zombie effects in it. Um, there's some great kills in it as well. Um, there's a lot of twisted shit going on in this show, as, um, which I thought was quite intriguing. There's an episode where they basically they get into a school, you know, to like basically hide out. And um, there's a like core group of people. There's about four or five people that get into this school, and what they don't realise is that there's another group of people there. And when they go in and they start hearing shit like through the ceiling and stuff like that. They go and investigate and they find it's a group of small kids, like 15 years and under. And they're holed up in this school surviving. And basically what they do is they lure survivors in and basically pit them against zombies and, you know, for their amusement. And it's pretty fucking brutal and it's quite, it's quite twisted. And, you know, there's one little kid who walks around with a, with a handgun and the ringleader says, I won't kill you, but he will. And then this little kid just like shoots this guy in the fucking head. You're like, whoa, okay. But um, it's actually not a bad show. Um, I know George really rated it. He he loved it. Because uh, when I posted about watching it, he was like, this show was, was amazing. And I was like, mm, okay, I'll give it a watch. But it was just, um, it's only eight episodes as well, but each episode was about 40 minutes or so. So hmm. it's it's pretty pretty good. You know, it's quite easy to watch. Um, I think I watched two or three episodes one night and ended up binging the rest the following night. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's got Jamie King in it, Justin Chu, Carrie, Christine Lee is in it. Um, Kelsey Flower. Sal Velez Jr. and Erica Howe, she's in it. There's, I mean, I think the only person who I know out of the whole thing is Jamie King. Because um, I've seen her in a few bits and pieces as well. But she was in Sin City, White Chicks, My Bloody Valentine, and um, the debacle that was um, Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, she was also in o Ocean's 8, Robot Chicken, 
Um, robot chicken. Yeah, she was in that. Um, Everybody's on robot chicken. Yeah, she yeah, was right. in um, Star Wars: The Clone Wars, um, playing several characters in that. Um, and that's about it, really. I mean, oh, she was in Fanboys. For everybody. Oh, who yeah, was she, she in that? She played Amber. In in that one, so yeah, I mean it's actually not a bad, um, not a bad movie actually, or not a bad TV show. It's I'd give it a watch. I mean I do recommend it because it is one of those shows that is a slow burner, but um, it's it's well worth it. Yeah, it's well worth the watch. It kills a bit. Of- How would you compare it to like Walking Dead? Oh, fuck's sakes! Right. Right, no, I'm not going to compare either because Walking Dead is good in its own aspect. This one, obviously, I can see this because it's an introductory season. I can see this actually picking up a lot and getting a lot better as it goes on. But obviously, with this being a prequel to Z Nation, um, I can imagine they'll probably try and incorporate a bit of comedy into it as well at some point. Um, but I'll tell you, this was a bit... It's. It's not as brutal as Walking Dead. Okay. But um, it's got some good gore in it. It does have some good gore in it. Um, and what I like about this one is, like, <clears throat> once you're bitten and, you know, you, or even if you get killed, it's obviously, it's kind of like how they've done it. They've done it like they have with The Walking Dead. It's like you're infected already. It's just that when you die, you reanimate really quickly. Mm. So people would get hit by a car. And then five minutes later, they're up and about, you know, that kind of thing. So it's not, it's yeah. not actually bad. It's not, not a bad show. Um, I've seen better, but it is worth, worth a watch. It's worth looking at. Sweet. Yeah. I've seen it pop up. Um, it, how many episodes is it? Cause I, I hate when it's like 23 episodes. No, there's just eight episodes. Oh, perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. I'll probably give this a watch then. Yeah. Yeah, it's just eight episodes. I mean, each episode is about 40 minutes or so. I think the shortest episode is about 33 minutes, if that. But then you get a recap in it at the beginning of each episode as well, so that obviously takes up a bit of time. But um, it is worth watching. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'll probably check that yeah. out. How about you, Amy? What do you think? Yeah, it's, it sounds really interesting. I only watched a couple episodes of Z Nation, but I did enjoy it. Z Nation had some great episodes in it. I mean, it was very, very funny anyway. And it, it was also one of those shows that when you watch it, you see all these, like, semi-famous people in it. And you think, oh, cool, they've got this guy in it. And then the next episode, they're dead. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. But I still say the best episode, the funniest episode of Z Nation was a, it involved a giant wheel of cheese. <laughs> what the fuck? It involves a giant wheel of cheese... They let it loose, and it basically splatters any zombie that gets in its path. And it's it's at the beginning of the episode, and they're like, "Oh, can we eat it?" You know, no, you know. It's then the ringleader says, "No, we have a plan with this." So they let it like let it loose, and there's like this sloping road, and it basically rolls down this road, and it just splats all these zombies in the way. And it's actually hilarious the way they do it. Yeah, giant fucking cheese wheel is about thirty feet tall or something stupid like that. And then oh it gets so much cheese. Yeah, and then you get to the end of the episode and it's like the parting scene in the episode is this cheese wheel still going down a fucking hill, killing every zombie in this path. 
and it's hilarious. It genuinely is hilarious. But um, you have a Z Nation. I mean, it's it's a great show. You know, I haven't watched it for for a while, but it's just hilarious in every way. Some brilliant kills in it. I saw um, there's another funny episode where one of the characters gets stuck in an air duct system, and um, there's a zombie like two feet away from him. And the zombie's trying to eat him. This guy's stuck there, and he's like, oh, for fuck's sake, you know, what do I do? I know, I'll just light up a doobie. And he sits there, and he gets the zombie stoned. And he's, like, <laughs> blowing smoke into the zombie's face, and the zombie's just like, eh, eh. Oh, so it's fine when they do it in Z Nation, but it's not fine when a freaking, what was it, Green Inferno does it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, uh, Green Inferno was just, that was probably the funniest scene in the entire film. No, the funniest scene is when the guy got into the fucking airplane propeller. Ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or oh, there was the guy when he's like he's falling out of the air and, like, ah! and he just hits the deck. But I really laughed out loud at that. I just yeah. yeah, I just thought that was brilliant. But other than that, I thought the film sucked. But that's just me. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I have a thing for cannibal exploitation, so. It's like, yeah. I know they're terrible, they're all bad, I will watch every single fucking one of them now. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, they never did it for me. That was that was never my, like, oh, I can't wait to watch this. Yeah. Alright, folks, so uh, what do we think? We ready to wrap it up here, or we got something else we want to talk about? I can't think of anything else I want to talk about. No. I say we've rambled for long enough. All right, so thanks, for everybody, for listening. Thank you, Amy, for joining us. Everyone go and watch the After Dark Analysis on YouTube and subscribe to her channel and like and comment and do all that stuff that I'm going to repeat for uh, this podcast. Except not YouTube. All the other stuff. So, um, yeah, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you can email us at gmail.com. Uh, you can catch us on our Facebook group, All You Need Is Blood. Uh, we're also floating around the UHM fans group on Facebook. Pretty much everybody floats around that. Yeah. The, uh, our Instagram, All You Need Is Blood Podcast. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm on Twitter, at Ryan Tudelo. I'm on Instagram, All You Need Ryan. And, yeah, there's probably other stuff I'm forgetting, but I'm just going to let it pass. Um, how about you, Shane? Any contact info? Um, you can contact me on Instagram as robogeng 74 I'm still getting used to that one. Um, you can contact me on Twitter, Death Cell Society, and yeah, I'm on the UHM, the board, rarely. And um, you've got the All You Need Is Blood Facebook page, as well as the UHM Facebook page. And if anyone has a copy of Velocipaster, please send it to Shane. <laughs> please don't. Just don't. Um... I will take that bullet if you want to send it to me. <laughs> I need to see this. Oh, it's going to If, I, hey, get, Amy, if uh, I get messages from people saying, "Oh yeah, Shane, I've got this copy of Velosa Pasta," that will be the fastest way that I quit the podcast. Just for... <laughs> oh, you got to see the trailer. The trailer looks so fucking bad. God. Oh my god. Fuck. Maybe I'm gonna get. In, I'm gonna get in touch with the people that made it and be like, "Listen, I need a copy for review." <laughs> <laughs> If I get copies sent yeah. to me, Ryan, there'll be fucking hell to pay. <laughs> oh, you're going to love it. 
Amy, what are some of your contact info people can get? I'm on pretty much everything sans Snapchat under After Dark Analysis, so it should be super easy to find me. There you go. Easy enough. I should do that. Just make it all under one fucking heading. Yeah, no. My name was luckily not super taken by everybody. Yours wouldn't be either, yeah. I would imagine. Um... All you need is blood is actually taken on a bunch of stuff. That's why I had to do pod and pod really? and a bunch of other oh, things. Oh, lame, yeah. Yeah. I never knew that. Fucking assholes. They fucking ripped us off. Yeah, they did. Of course they did. They, they ripped off my idea, damn it. Bastards. <laughs> Shane Smith, the man responsible for uh, both sending AIDS in Cadbury <laughs> <laughs> and anti-vaxxers <laughs> <laughs> Anti-vaxxers. What else did we cover today? Oh yeah, the uh, dead uh, dead set. Yeah. Try to take but Black Mirror as well. <laughs> yeah, oh, Black yeah, Mirror. Black right, Mirror yeah, because no, I wrote that. But, with... <laughs> but not Bandersnatch. He didn't do that. I didn't do what? Bandersnatch. I haven't even watched that. No, neither have yeah, I. Yeah. Oh, that's the right. <laughs> then we're all, we're all clueless on that one. Great. It's like at some point I know I have to watch it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> oh, timed up nicely, Ziggy. Thanks for coming through. Just as we we're about to wind up, awesome. Nice. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us, Amy. Thank you for coming on. I know I got on you, uh, sort of at the at the last minute there, but you pulled it together and were able to stop stop on by and straighten our shit out for us. So thank you. Thank you, Amy. Yeah, thank you, Amy, for making us look like a couple of retards. That's no, <laughs> no, no. I feel like we could have done that ourselves. Shane. Oh yeah, we do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, this is the least amount of belching and farts I've ever heard on this podcast. So I know. I what's up with that? Up a bit. <laughs> I haven't even farted. What's up with that? I, I don't know, Shane. I guess we're losing our touch. Man, we have to make up for that. That kid, <laughs> that that guy that, that joined the uh, podcast group, and he's like, "Oh, I want to start watching." Oh yeah. <laughs> I started listening to the old episodes. We're like, "No, no, no, don't do that." Yeah. <laughs> It's like we've both warned him off. It's like, do not listen to those episodes. When the guys who create these podcasts say, you don't listen to those episodes. <laughs> you really fucking mean it. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. I, yeah, I think we might be the only podcast that tells people to actively not listen to some of our stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it's the same with any artist. <laughs> you got to do it. It's like, don't listen to these episodes. That's shit. Oh, God. I mean, I kind of owed you guys for the sexy horror suggestions, which were apparently terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Amy responsible for, for sexy horror suggestions of necromantic and um, <laughs> Salo. <laughs> Neither of which I've watched. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Salo. That one cracked me up when you said that. I'm like, okay, I can see the necromantic thing because there's a weird situation, but Salo, that's just fucked Look, up. Look, people are into some <laughs> weird shit. <laughs> yes, literally. Oh, by the way, before we disappear, actually, I've just remembered right at the last fucking second, I've got to give a shout-out to, um, oh, what's his bleeding face? Um, oh, shit. Where is he? Quickly scrolling through Instagram so I can find his his uh his bloody name, which um oh crap. Where is it? Everyone's waiting. Yeah. You wait with bated breath. <laughs> this guy oh, Ah Keller Cubano, you know, um Miguel. Um basically he just uh 
I was having a chat with him last week and he was talking about like heading out to some horror cons or whatever. He's done a horror hound or whatever. Um, and he just wanted to wanted us to give him a shout out, to say hi. Him say he messaged me saying how much he's loving the podcast. He's enjoying it so much. Even all the offensive shit that we come up with, he finds hilarious. So <laughs> he generally says thank you very much. Um, so he's really cool with it. So I'm guessing we just need to be slightly more offensive. Um, Don't encourage us. As if I could do that. We do it ourselves. Oh, God. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. I got to go to the bathroom and get something to eat because I'm starving. But no drinking. Avengers. Avengers. Do not drink. Mm. All I'm going to say, take a massive shit. Have a massive piss. Don't drink anything. Try not to eat anything. I opened a bag of candy, which is the first time I've ever done this in the cinema for many, many years. And no word of a lie, I'm pretty sure I got hit in the back of the head by somebody for rustling my bag. I just felt something beam off the back of my head and was like, what the fuck was that? Oh, I can't imagine anyone would be annoyed with you rustling a bag, Shane. As someone who's listened to you pack a thousand cigarettes on this podcast and tried to edit it out. Yeah, in the cinema, I mean, it was Avengers and it was a really pivotal scene, which I won't go into because no spoilers, but somebody just went, oi, and then threw something at me. And do you know what I'm, re- you know what I'm really pissed off about? I still haven't managed to see Pet Cemetery yet. Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to watch that Well, last so night. did I. Um, I went to go and buy my ticket after I'd been to see Avengers, and um, they'd cancelled the screening of Us and Pet Cemetery because every screen they had was showing the Avengers. Uh, they, oh, my God. They had to cancel every single film they were going to play last night because the popularity of the Avengers, every screening was sold out. So um, I could try and watch it tonight, but I mean, there's a there's a screening of Pet Cemetery at 8.15 this evening. I could try and make it to that, but I genuinely can't be asked. Yeah. I'm just like, it's raining as well. We've got Storm Hannah is um, hitting the UK as we speak. So, um, yeah, I don't think I'll be going anywhere this evening. I might even order out. Make delivery guy deal with it. Yeah, yeah, he can deal with it. Fuck it. That's what they're paid for. Oh, that's that's what they're paid. That's what they're paid yeah. for. I just Damn remembered it. my husband promised me burgers tonight. Okay. <laughs> burgers. Oh yeah. Do you know what? I could I would, I could really kill a burger right now. For someone who doesn't eat red meat, I could really kill for a hamburger right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, someone sent Shane a hamburger. <laughs> yeah. And Velocipaster. No. <laughs> There's right. actually a show called Impastor that was about a pastor and like a guy trying to impersonate a pastor in a town because he had inadvertently killed him. It was weird. <laughs> that sounds like something I would watch. I've been trying to track it down ever since because I saw the first couple of episodes and it was hilarious. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to check that out. All right, guys, thanks for joining me, and thanks for everybody for listening. And I'll just say bye for now. Bye, All right.